No, I can't say it. I've been been barred from my alter ego from ever saying that word. What What word? word? I'm not saying. (laughs) (laughs) My alter ego has just spent too much of his life invested in something called a cringe comedy. Cringocurrency? Is it? Could you consider it comedy? Cringocurrency. I don't even know if you could consider it comedy. You are a rich man in cringocurrency. Oh. Who are you talking to? I'm not I'm not rich. I'm fucking... God, I'm scraping at the bottom of the barrel. You're me. rich in cringe. You are rich in cringe. That's yeah. for sure. Thank you, Will. Better to be rich in something than swimming in cum. Yes. <laughs> Unless you're me. Then I'd rather be poor and swimming in cum in the sink than sink in the cum. Better to be rich in cum than to be cum deficient. Have I ever told you guys about (laughs) how I literally saw animal porn on Facebook once? Oh, that's fun. Oh, that shit was going around a a couple of years back, right? Like five years. I I don't mean animal porn. Merry Christmas, everyone. A woman was getting fucked by a a horse. Oh, very cool. Nice. On Facebook. Oh, very cool. (laughs) Nice. I've not told you that before. No. I swear I have. <laughs> I didn't show you? I mean, you just told us. I mean, I feel like I'm there now. I feel like I I'm getting fucked just, by a horse. It was really us. bad. It was really bad. I watched sure. it five times. I'm sure she was I, loving it. I watched it five times, the ten seconds that it was. It was on Facebook Reels. Oh, know? was she on her back or was she... Standing. Oh, okay. <laughs> the horse was on his, his two back legs as well. Mm, nice. It was really bad, and I, I keep thinking about it right now. Was it, like, vaginal or anal? I'm sorry that I don't know. What if it was, like, one wrong slip and went right in her pee hole and just ripped her a new pee hole? Son uh-huh. of a bitch! Let me talk about this. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, I'm, I he, he said he wanted to talk about it, so let him talk about it. No. It's okay. Just a little bit of, of bestiality. <laughs> just a smidge. I was a victim. I saw it on Facebook. Yeah, I okay. don't want to remember Already throwing it. out the V word. That victim. victim. How about a very merry pasta? What about vampires? <laughs> that... Hey, guys. You want to hear something about frowns? Love that we're doing this transition. I literally said <clears throat> very merry pastas, and you ignored me. Yeah, and you know what? If you're vegetarian... Vampire pasta. What would what would the fifth day of pastas be? You know, uh, a you know, bolognese. Well, it's hmm. five gold rings now. Yeah, five gold rings. Well, what would be the fifth day of? What's the ring pastas? type of pasta again? Tortellini. Yeah. 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 I'd be okay with that. With a pesto alfredo, and Ooh. and crispy bacon on top. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but you, just you won me over. Five of those tortellinis. No, I, I want mean, five I mean, orders of yeah, the five tort- orders <laughs> of tortellinis. Yeah. So anyway, guys, so I am a 31-year-old male. Um, 
you know, they say the first step to uh, admitting you have a problem is to, you know, have a problem. So, <laughs> what problem are you admitting? Uh, All that, that you said was your age. Uh, that the I, first step to admitting you have a problem <laughs> is having, is a, having problem. a problem to admit. Yeah. Well, you know, my problem was in high school. I never watched any of the Twilight movies. This is how we're starting the yeah. episode. And uh, just want y'all to know. We were know, just talking about bestiality and you want to move into Twilight? Technically, we were just talking about pasta. <laughs> but anyway, so, so rudely interrupted. For the love of God. I watched all five of the Twilight movies in four days. Multiple and I got to tell you. Well. It's grown into multiple And times. now I've watched new moon five times i've watched eclipse four times i'm team jacob all the way fuck which explains why you're a sorry sack of shit and he's amazing (laughs) and i love him and i'm so sad i didn't watch this in high school because now i've had two gay awakenings and i feel like i only needed one one came like 16 years (laughs) too late honestly (laughs) you missed the box office on that one i I didn't need to know i was gay again but now i do so my favorite way to watch the movie is the guys behind (laughs) mystery science theater 3000 record what they call riff tracks which we on our podcast have done something like that before where you record a podcast and then you time it with your reactions while watching a movie and then you tell people when to start watching a movie so that they could press play on their podcast so it's like you're watching the movie with other people. And what they've done, the Mystery Science Theater guys, is they they've recorded their reactions to all of the Twilight movies and they just have so many wonderful jokes <laughs> as the series goes on that they just repeat time and time again because it keeps happening like how how sick to her stomach Kristen Stewart looks in every scene she's in how every time Robert Pattinson looks at someone longingly without saying anything someone in the back goes line (laughs) it is fucking hilarious and I and I cannot recommend it enough to anyone who has fond memories of watching Twilight as kids or or maybe wants to go back and rewatch it through a new lens, highly recommend downloading going to do the riff tracks of Twilight and rewatching the series because they are fucking <laughs> hilarious. The furry jokes with Jacob, the gay jokes with <laughs> Edward, like so like in the scene in the first movie <laughs> where that apple falls off the tray. Mm-hmm. He catches it with his foot and kicks it back into his hand. He just goes, uh-huh, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> it is so fucking good. And um, it makes the entire series worth watching uh, from a completely not serious standpoint. But while not being serious about it, I do love it the way... Twilight fans do. I I have no problem admitting that I have a very emotional connection to the Twilight series because it's one of the only things that, like, without a doubt makes me smile. Like, if I'm ever in a bad mood, if I'm ever having, like, a rough day, like, even, even my girlfriend has noticed, like... I will just put on the first 
Twilight riff tracks because it is just so fucking funny that it always it always makes me feel better. And, and like I have like a I have like that type of relationship with the material now. And like I don't have that relationship with like barely anything. Like I, I used to love Star Wars to death, don't anymore. Lord of the Rings has kind of been bastardized as well. Um every time I listen to the music I wanna go back and rewatch the series, but I don't want to lose 20 hours of my life. Well, Stuart, this is a high-class joke that Captain has constructed here to make fun of Twilight. I fucking love Twilight, and, dude. And if, and if something else you can do, if you don't want to do the riff tracks, just literally watch all the scenes with Jacob Black in it, and you'll also feel very Ta- good. Taylor Lautner is an absolutely awful actor. And you know what? He is an absolutely... Sexy stud muffin. Not anymore. All right, I'm gonna give them. <laughs> he's he's still kind of cute. I follow him on Instagram. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a, a third option because <laughs> the third option is not Twilight. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's to uh-huh. your sentiment about uh-huh. needing something to just get, not not something recurring just a short for me it's a short and sweet thing that just really scratches that makes just makes me actually happy like when i watch it every time okay cringe nope it's attack on titan abridged oh okay yeah no similar it's like 23 minutes of just the best lines of it's someone taking something that already exists and pantomiming it is basically it is so good yeah i've seen a lot of i've seen a lot of abridged anime you you even got me to watch um, which one was it? The uh, you got me to watch one one of the abridged series. What one was it? The one where they just Full make metal? fun of it. Full metal. Yeah. Oh no! It was uh black. Was it Black Butler? That might have been it. That's where, that's where my name comes from. That, there you go. Yep. What's wrong? You're you being boo-hoo. a real frowns, McBoo. <laughs> yep, that's wow. where it comes from. That's, that's why I was from. thinking about it. That's where the name comes from. And that just came full circle. Yeah. It just came in a full circle. Really, I'm glad we I did came that. in a circle. That <laughs> I'm was a full circle. Of cum. <laughs> I'm a cummy circle. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Me too, guys. Nice. Um this this is an interesting episode because we are on the I think the tenth Christmas episode ever recorded, but the funny thing is the show has only been going on for six years. <laughs> so why do we have ten Christmas episodes? That's a very good point. The the answer is because we're retarded. Christmas. And there's no there's no other way around it. Listen listen to frowns when he says. Christmas. Christmas! <laughs> it's because we're autistic. Hey guys, it's Christmas! So, what, we, what we've done is create this terrible, terrible loophole where every year I think we feel the necessity to record an awful Christmas episode because we've done it every year. Christmas! So it's just... A tradition at this point, yeah, I think. Fuck it. Whatever. You're still going to fucking listen. Who gives a shit? You can call it Kwanzaa if you want. Happy Kwanzaa Christmas. So Franz hasn't been here for a while. But, it's been a long time. this is what he wanted to do with his evening. I shipped up to Boston and then I shipped back down <laughs> for Christmas. 
Tenron Tenron Otrin is also here with me. Barely. <laughs> and I'm on he's in that come circle he, right now. He was drawn into this madness because of his attendance uh, with last year's Christmas episode, which was also a kind of uh, juncture for us in recording Christmas episodes because we had never done it with anyone else. We hadn't. So we wonderful broke. for you to join us again with your Christmas variant. Uh, a very merry Tenron. And um, do, do you have anything you want to share? Well, a, a very merry Tenron and a happy oh. Odrin. Whoa! Which is a really serious How medical condition. How come you condition? don't have anything fun to say about your name? What do you want from me? <laughs> everything. <laughs> do I have anything fun to say? Well, yeah. I, I, I could think of I could think do of you, something fun to say. Do you want to cry, boy? <laughs> Do you, you want to cry? You did tell a really fun story at dinner that I was wondering why you didn't oh save it God. for the podcast. That's not even important. <laughs> it's not important that I got catfished. And you, and you, know, and you know what? It's not important that I rem- I still I, I still after after hilarious. weeks I still smell her. <laughs> so so long story I, short, I don't, I still smell long, her. Don't it's don't B. raw dog a catfish. It's B. O. And I would never condone. What I did to that that girl, destroying her pussy. That woman. Honestly, yeah, you it fuck. was not that. It was not that great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like when you're on your way to go glamping and you stop by a trailer park. Like, I don't think that I should have that much power. You know what I mean? Like to just go on my phone and. And get catfished like that, like yeah. it's a lot of freedom. Oh, for, it could happen. For, it could happen to anyone. It's, it's not a, just you, my bud. Like it's a lot of freedom for a young lad like me. It's I think I've dangerous told, out there. I think I've told the story on the show, but like, I I've been catfished multiple fucking times. It's it happens a lot in this kind of digital day and age. Like you don't have to feel like you're on the outside of some circle that everyone's pointing and laughing at. I think like people get away with it like pretty easily nowadays. Like I'm honestly surprised you didn't get catfished sooner. Tenron, you're a goddamn freedom fighter. (laughs) I've made a difference. He did. (laughs) To her her one star broken down trailer trash pussy. She got laid. She did. And you know what? Oh. You put a smile on her face right before she pulled the vape out. Oh. Look, look, it must have been fine because I heard the words at this octave range harder. 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 And I said to myself, <laughs> harder. Oh my God. Harder. You crazy son of a bitch. This just might work. <laughs> and I finished like 20 seconds after you she said that. son of a bitch, that. I'm in. You son of a bitch, I'm in. I know what I must do, I but was. I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Harder. Harder. Okay. Harder. Dear God. More. Dear More. God. Harder. More. Dear yeah, God. only only terrible Star Wars sequel lines will I, you know, when I be acceptable this, um, to compare this situation after, to. After I watched this, um, I thought a really good horror movie on Netflix. I didn't yeah. tell you about this. Okay. Um, I have to remember the name, but they spoke Mandarin. It was, it was, it took place, I think in China. And the gist of it is that they, this mother goes to uh, a village that is like a cult and 
uh, it does some flashbacks to when she is visiting this culty village. I've seen it. Yeah, and, and the, the whole time... The, the daughter is and, cursed. And the whole time you think, like, when they're putting up the rituals on the screen, that it's to, like, protect you and ward the yeah. evil from you. But in all actuality, they're, they're cursing it. you yeah. to spread it. Yeah. It was pretty good. It was pretty interesting, yeah. Franz did tell me to watch that. I have not watched it yet. But I do know which one you're talking about. It's because every good. time... Every time Alley Cat and I are, are scrolling through Netflix, quickly. we see it and we say, that'd be worth a watch if only I was in the mood for watching something like that. I am going to quickly look it up. Incantation. So, yep. Yep. That's it. Very, very good movie. The, the girl, the, the actress who plays the daughter, she's t- very talented, you know, cute, but haunting. Yeah. Very, very much so. I just watched uh, The Witches of Eastwick. Yeah. Never saw before. Oh, okay. Pretty good. Not bad. Susan Sarandon, Cher, yeah. and um, Michelle Pfeiffer. That's actually... Jack Nicholson. I, I don't think... I, I think someone I know really likes that fucking movie. I think it's uh, Cannibal Siren. I think that might be one of her favorite movies. That was good. I also saw Men recently. Pardon? I fucking hated men. I know I have I have opinions about it. Men but... made me, men made me so mad because I love Alex Garland. He makes such good fucking movies, and for some goddamn reason, that movie just really it really didn't do anything for me. It made me really mad. I also watched. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? Because sometimes I just want a sad movie. Sometimes you just want to cry. Don't and, I know and it? And it was good. And, and Don't I know it? And let's all just say a little pre, pre-prayer pre for the whale for the and whale. Brendan Fraser, Fraser's Because we're all going to sit future. down with, uh, with Call Me Ishmael and harpoon ourselves to the couch. Yeah. And, uh, and fucking blubber. That's the end of the movie. You are like the a whale. bunch of little babies. Yeah, you. I am a whale. I am, Thanks. I Thanks, am bud. the whale. I watched, Thanks, buddy. I watched a. Um, <laughs> I watched a bootleg copy of. Will's, Why are you here? Because <laughs> I'm queer. Get used to it. Oh, God damn it! I had. I, I allow this to happen. You did. What I bootleg watched, did you watch? I watched a bootleg of Will Smith's Seven Pounds, and at the end of the movie. <laughs> Where he's he you know donates his body parts. The one woman gets his voice box and and she goes, "Keep my wife's name out, out your fucking mouth. mouth." And I said, "Damn, this is a good bootleg." <laughs> that's that's a, so good. That's a good one. You ever seen um, Seven Pounds? I actually do like that movie. Yeah, sad. It's very sad. You have you ever seen it? I heard I, it's I very just, good. I just spoiled it, but it's okay. <laughs> He literally weighs seven pounds. And yes. <laughs> it's about a man who weighs seven he's pounds. He's a medical correct. marvel and nobody knows how he's like living and he's just like it's trying to live correct. his life. That's the exact, that is the exact Dude, you premise weigh that much at movie. birth. Oh my God. Why aren't you making these movies? <laughs> All right. The opening scene is him having sex and like his, his fucking spine breaks. God. Oh my Lord. <laughs> She's like riding him and, and just like. All right. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure what's going on. <laughs> Thinking about this, just goes like the to curious case Benjamin of Benjamin Button. Button. God, that movie sucked. It really did. 
What, but what was What's so, an interesting concept done so terribly for a movie? What was so curious about his buttons? <laughs> <laughs> there you go again, doing what you do best. Oh, that old no. dog of mine. <laughs> Gotta put her down. <laughs> Take her up on the shed, put her Two down. Two between her eyes. That a girl. I think that the people who made Curious Case of Benjamin Button were definitely part of the church. <laughs> if you catch my meaning, sure. Oh. Old men. They were... know their way around an older boy or two? You catch my meaning, sir. They were part of the Catholic faith. Ah. So they are familiar <laughs> with... Uh... My bleeding hot anti-Catholicism is coming through now in the podcast, taking on this persona of some... Uh... Yeah, what a white Christmas indeed. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even about Jesus. <laughs> it's about... The Easter Bunny. It's about some goddamn Roman emperor who... Who won eggs. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it's about. And on the third eggs. day, he hop, hippity hopped and gave us eggs. <laughs> Happy Halloween, he said. Halloween. St. Patty's Day. <laughs> yep, that's what he said. Because he turned the eggs into beer. He made the frogs And the gay. emperor's name was Al Pacino playing Satan. Show my little friend. I can't do an Al Pacino, but that's okay. You know I what thought, I can do? Wow. I you said he was our guest hi, on today's hi. episode. I'm Jack Nicholson, wow. and I'm Al Pacino. <laughs> ah, see, I'm Scarface. No, you're at Al Pacino on your podcast. Wow, pretty good son. Because she's got a, a great ass. Because she's got a great ass. You know who else has a great ass? Speaking of, hey, Medea, hello. (laughs) Couldn't you follow through with it? Oh, hello. this beauty? You talking about my ass, Hello, lady. (laughs) lady. Let me tell you why. Hello, nurse. My lady. <laughs> I said lady. I said lady. I did not him, say that. We're going to get him to be cringe at one point in this episode. I swear to God, we're going to get him to be cringe. <laughs> All right, it's done. No. Oh, my Jamie. Oh. Could I help you to your seat, my lady? <laughs> oh, no. I help he really couldn't. It came out naturally, just like frowns. I couldn't help but notice. <laughs> oh, I did. I couldn't help but notice your eminence, your beauty, my Please lady. stop. <laughs> Please, now that I open the door, you better watch it, my boy. Keep talking about it like that. It. Oh, just like frowns. (laughs) You want me to squeal like a pig? Perhaps I could steal a kiss, perchance? This has been the most chaotic 24 minutes I've ever recorded. Squeal like a pig. There's a lot pent up. And we recorded fucking... There's uh, a lot pent up. I got pent... I got something We're hot, hard, heavy. Our tits, our nips are out. We could cut glass... My ass is on fire! You I'm starting tell. a glass-cutting studio, mind you. you tell oh, shit! How, how serious he looked at me and said, we are pent up. We are pent up. You can tell that he's been holding all this in in Boston. Every Starbucks he served was with a serving of, pen, of pent-up homosexual no. aggression. Oh. I've just got too many drinks to make! <laughs> Everybody wants a Frappuccino at fucking 5.50 in the morning! 
<laughs> Stop ordering frappuccinos! I hate you! <laughs> you make my life complicated! Spitting them? <laughs> no, you don't. I'm kidding. It's a foam whip. First off, you piece of shit. I whip out my and dick and I jerk. Pay for it. <laughs> I stick the tip of my dick in each one and I go pee. What do they call that? A snail trail? It's, 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 like called, a, it's called a mushroom no, stamp. No, it's like the dipstick in, a, in an engine. <laughs> I gotta the give it a look. Oil. <laughs> the oil check. Yeah, check oh, that. I'm gonna check that another 30 miles. <laughs> it's like, really that's... warm. <laughs> You're gonna burn yourself. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's pour ourselves some hot cocoa and calm the fuck down real quick. We gotta, we gotta get back to what this episode. Whoa, is there even an episode? <laughs> Dude, the best I can do is Sodi. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> the best I can do is a Sodi. That's well timed, at least. I can't, I can't fight the that. The best I can do is gay, <laughs> morbid obesity. <laughs> Very nice. Thanks. My doctor's talking to me about that. I'm officially on medication. Well, we could try something where we just open the cans of soda and smell it. <laughs> Shit, son. That water tastes good. <laughs> Smells like there's... I thought for a second you were going to snort it and be like... Oh. <laughs> I could never... I, I could. could never. It would smell too good. I could. Smell so good. I could. It would hurt. The power of that Coke scent. Guys, I got a I got a real question for you here. If you All could, right. if you could make your cum, <laughs> right. if, if you can make your, what do you mean? All right, <laughs> I was gonna let him go. With All, right, this. Guys, All right, guys, come on. If you can make your cum taste like whatever you want, but oh you can't change God. it back. What would it be? Why would I want? It would be Coke. <laughs> Why would I? The kind you snort, the kind you drink. Cherry vanilla, sir. <laughs> Milady. Milady. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> My lady, oh. you drink your Mountain Dew. <laughs> well, I would like to propose to you where we both approach the altar, where we both do our Mountain Dews. Oh, did you know my cum tastes like Mountain Dew? <laughs> oh no! I would make mine taste well, like cherry Coke. Well, sir, do you want to play a woman? <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, Beauregard, what about my Mountain Dew? I do declare. <laughs> you are giving me the Mountain Dew vapors. Stop it. Yeah, it I probably did, Oh, honestly. God. That reminded me of the scent. <laughs> the scent. Oh, Hashtag the scent. She'll never go. Everyone starts letting the scent trend. Everyone talk about your favorite scents. Honey cunt. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's what he called wouldn't her. That be a good, wouldn't that be a good name for like a chaw tobacco? Yeah, it's what he called her. Give me some of that dip, honey cunt. <laughs> call, her, call her my dip. You keep your dip in her <laughs> You can't say that on the dip. podcast or off. Wow. That's why I call her my honey pot. Oh my God. <laughs> Is it Christmas? I'm not even, I'm not even high. I'm not even smoking. Is it Christmas? It's to, supposed to be, yeah. There's but, a lot you know, to take with, in. with you fuckers, it might as well be well, Hanukkah. Okay, in the Christmas spirit, what are you thankful for? <sighs> I'm, do you want the moon, Mary? What's you, that? You thankful for the moon? What's that? You want me to beat you oh, and, and the kids, No, too? Mary! 
No, he, no, no, I'll don't. give you the moon. Don't leave me, Mary. He's making violent love to me, Mother. He's just an angel named Clarence, Mary. Clarence. He's just a friend. I want to live again. I want to live again. Too bad. <laughs> Thank God. That is, that is the ending I strive for. Right? Yeah. I like when he jumps off the bridge and then the movie just ends. Yeah. <laughs> No redos, people. I, uh, no do I actually really like the bootleg version where he jumps <laughs> off the bridge and then the Star Wars opening crawls. See, I like the one where Clarence and, and George have a, <laughs> a duel of the fates plays. <laughs> they like duel it out on the bridge. But yeah. it's just passionate lovemaking. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a friend. He's just a friend, Mary. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh I'm thankful. I'm thankful for both of you guys, Mr. And Potter. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I'm thankful to have both of you here, Mr. Potter. Mr. Potter. No. Oh. I'm thankful to have His both dad of you dies here. In the beginning, right? And I'm thankful to have uh, you guys. You guys always make me smile. <laughs> even even when I'm down, you guys make me smile. Can you not say the word down around me? Do you remember <laughs> when the pharmacist? Can you not say? Do you remember when the pharmacist like beats the shit out of him and like causes him hearing loss? Ow! Ow! My sore ear! My sore ear, Mister Gower! Ow! Get out of my pills! <laughs> get out of my get out of my pills! <laughs> What do you, what are you uh, thankful for, Brown? <laughs> pills. <laughs> pills. Pills. Pills here. I need my Vicodin. I'm 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 honestly grateful for um <laughs> Honestly, I'm really glad that You could be sincere for once. You wanna know something funny? Yes. What? I'm really glad that my mom met Scott Michael. Oh yeah. And uh, didn't get an abortion and kept me. Well, she wanted you, so that's fair. So you know it. Uh, it was nice because uh, I've have gotten a chance to experience a, a good amount of life for thirty one years, and I've I've met some really good people, and I could say two of them are in this room right now. And, that's that's uh, all you can. Come do. on out, guys. Where are you? <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> Where's Medea? Hey, guys. Medea's a good friend. Well, not, not you, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I'm Jack Nicholson playing Medea. Hello, everyone. Where well, I put her there, Jack. Come out. Here's Medea. All right, but anyway, no, I you you guys are wonderful. I'm I'm happy to be here and and life and 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 everything is um everything is 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 just gonna get better from here. So I appreciate both of you and having you in my life. So this is the. I think the end to the sixth year of the podcast. Yeah. Moving into the seventh, I believe. I could have that wrong. Yeah. I don't know. The numbers don't make sense because we've taken too many breaks and starts at different points. So it's it's hard to say how many years we've put into this. But um, I'm always thankful that you guys even want to come back and keep doing it. I'm glad that it's something that we can do together. Um. You know, we, we may have finally moved into an area of this show now pays for itself. Thankful to our uh, Patreons that we're going to thank at the end of the episode. 
but like, you know, I I never thought that that would happen. No. So you know, that's uh. That's uh. That's real good. You know what I'm thankful for? What are you thankful for, Tyrone? You guys know how to have fun and actually enjoy being alive. It's tough. It is tough. It's tough. But it's, I think, even more difficult to find other people who genuinely like to have fun. The same the And same enjoy way. things. Enjoy life. Be passionate about things. Not on some surface level, but dive deep into different you know, discussions on whatever. Literally anything. There are very few people that are like that in life. It's very hard to meet those people. It's, it's something like at, at work I find myself talking to people like I talk to people on the show. And I have to like actually put myself in check sometimes mm-hmm. to be like, Oh no no no! You're yeah. being far too liberal. You're being far too open. You're you're Me talking too. you're yeah. talking about something that people might judge you for, or have no know? interest in, or have no interest in, and then, then judge you anyway. But like, I I we live in we live in such a world and such a society, you know that I think the only thing that I actually want to hold on to is my own fucking integrity. Yes. Nowadays, like, I don't. Yes. I don't. There's so much shit we lose to whatever system you want to devote it to, on a daily basis. But the one thing, (laughs) the one thing I want to keep, because I can't, I can't keep my honesty. That's that's a given. That has to go out the window every fucking morning. But I, I want to keep my own personal integrity and like it's a fucking uphill battle some days like today today was a fucking fight and you know uh it will continue to be one for as long as i live and uh you know this this year it oh this this year hurt a lot more than other ones for some reason yeah i don't I don't Same know here. why, but like I lost more people this year. I I had yeah. personal connections I lost more this year and everything just felt so much more personal this year. Like I don't know, as as we get older, like I I just turned thirty, right? Yeah, congratulations to me. I turned thirty. The like same week I turned thirty, my friend's dad dies. And my stepdad has like a fucking seizure. Like I literally turned 30 and things just immediately changed for the worse in my life. And like, I don't know. I really, when I say that I'm thankful for you guys, I really do mean it. Like I count my fucking stars some days where I'm just like, if I were alone, if I were genuinely alone and didn't have people to like talk to, I I don't know. I don't know where I'd be. I don't know who I would be. And I, 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 it's one of those things that you have to kind of look in a mirror and tell yourself, like, it, it'll all be worth it one day. You know, you'll, you'll get somewhere where you're content and you're happy one day. But, like, I'm being serious when I say that. Like, if we're, if we're capping off this year, this year fucking sucked. Yep. <laughs> Are we in a collective yeah. agreement about that? Yeah. Did you, too, uh, 
in your experience of this year, this calendar year, did you feel like you learned the most in any one year this year? Not necessarily. I had, I had the points where I learned, quote unquote, where I took like value in my informational growth. I'll rephrase the question and not the most, I'll say just learned some of the deepest lessons. (sighs) Unfortunate lessons, if anything, I, I, I don't know for, for me, for me, what I learned this year is that Shit is just like unfair. Yeah, it could be also not, <laughs> like it could be either like more negative so or this year. positive connotation or neutral. I'm gonna say negative. <laughs> I learned. I learned that hurt comes from different places this year. Never say and I in front d- of me again, please. And I didn't like. <laughs> I didn't I'm like not down with that. Learning that <gasps> this year, like I, I don't know, like I. I there were other years where I felt growth, you know, where I felt that things were moving in a direction of, wow, I, I'm really seeing new things and I'm learning new things. That that wasn't this year for me. Like, it could have been. It might have even should have been on paper, like, with the experiences I had this year. Like, maybe it should have been, but it wasn't. And I think Frowns probably agrees with me in that regard. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think like we all we all have to remind ourselves and like I'm speaking I'm speaking to everyone who listens like we have to remind ourselves to depend on the people around us and keep ourselves in check and hold ourselves accountable and really just try I think try is probably just a good word just try try your best Try to do what you can. Thank you. Try trying. to meet some minimum. Try, just try, because the minute you stop trying, shit, shit, just it goes bad. Yeah, fucking try hards over here. Mm. Am I trying hard or am I? Oh fuck! Trying. Even the try guys had a hard time this year. <laughs> shit. I don't want to try hard, daddy. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> He's literally rubbing his nipple. <laughs> And I want you to try hard painting me as a French woman with a hard on. This is the heart of gold. This is like the tenth time in like the (laughs) twentieth year I've known you. I refuse to paint you like a French girl. But, but what if? (laughs) What if? um, Did you hear? Coming (laughs) buckets. Did you hear that? James Cameron actually wants to come out with science on why Rose could not fit yeah, I saw Leo that. DiCaprio on that door. <laughs> He's like, will people stop fucking bringing this up? It's because she's got some childbearing hips and there was no room. The in only, the now end. it's going to have something to do with balance. The only person that could ever answer that question without ever answering it is a philosopher. Yeah. There's no room. Did Jack really need to get on? (laughs) There's no room at the end, Mary. Sorry. James would shoot you. (laughs) James Cameron would not blink before firing a bullet at the first person who said that to him. Oh, anyway. um, Did Rose need to be on there? (laughs) We have we thought about that. We are. uh, We're we're seeing the highs and lows of Christmas already. 
and uh, I think we're going to experience some highs and lows reading the stories on today's episode. I think we're going to experience um, some lows and lows. <laughs> some lows and lowers. And blows. And hoes. And ho 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 and I'm ready. Oh, her her her. I'm ready. He says he's ready. So let's see what we got Are for Are you him. hard? I've never been softer, sir. Uh, <laughs> get out. Get out. <laughs> Uh, let's see what we. <laughs> yes, sir. Guys, I'll oh, just taste like garlic. Know, nobody makes me more hard. <laughs> I don't want to hear the end of that bang, sentence. Than my bang bros right here. I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> let's not talk I'm about it. I'm just gonna leave it at that. All right. Here, <laughs> here's the one we're gonna start with. Okay. Which um. We're going to start with the bottom of the barrel, <laughs> which is um, uh, the Santa, <laughs> the Santa at the mall, which um, which I know we all can relate to um, because malls are still a thing we go to. And. Um, yep. Can I read this in a David Attenborough voice? You can read this however you want to read this. Wow, I don't even get that privilege. The Santa at the mall. Sarah walks up to the lane of snow, her little guy gripping her hand firmly with his tiny fat fingers. <laughs> he looks up at her and gives her a toothy grin, his lips giving way to small white teeth, barely poking through his gums. She looks down and smiles back before walking into the sparkling white line maze. The white walls of the mall shine around them a sheen of light reflecting off the linoleum. Sammy gazes around in wonderment at everything around him. The glistening silver lanes, the tinsel on the tree, the shiny linoleum flooring, and the presents and gifts stacked high around the throne. Throne. She looks up, sizing up the line in front of her, but is snapped out of this by a tiny voice. Uppy, it says. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny DeVito. <laughs> she looks down, seeing her son craning his neck to look up at her, arms outstretched. Happy, happy, happy child that said that. His yeah. tiny hat nearly falling off. He was so cute in that red Santa hat. Yep. <laughs> Stopping by that dollar store on the way, no matter the temperature, was a great decision. He looked so cute in the photos. She bends over to pick him up, hugging him tightly to her chest as she stands back upright. Her son rests firmly on her shoulder, eyes darting around the place. The tinsel glistening on the branches of the large Christmas tree, the giant candy canes, nearly glowing in the shine of the overhead lights. It must be so nice to be a child to take in the world. Ah, the loss of innocence. <laughs> Did you say the loss of innocence? I thought. Do you think Danny DeVito is like motorboating his <laughs> mom's tits right now? Oppie! Oppie! Zongas! Oh, give me that Oppie. You guys are going to make me pass out. I can't. <laughs> I didn't mean. I thought it was just some haunting character. Well, it's there now, so now you need to voice him like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she looks ahead, the man in the red suit drawing ever nearer. Another screaming child being carried off his lap. She notes that the Santa hasn't been doing so well, but dismisses it 
There's something like a bad smell. Or the flashing of cameras that's making the children upset. That smell. That smelly that smell. That smell. Smelly. Sarah didn't want her little tyke to go up there screaming. But the way he looked up at Santa, wide-eyed and joyful, she couldn't let this pass. Maybe that Santa's shift would end by the time they got up there anyway. Maybe her little Sammy would get a different one. Sarah looks up. Another screaming child being carried off, their face twisted into a scrunchy shout. The Santa adjusts his beard, a sour look coming over his face. He reaches his hands up to receive another kid, this one simply sitting there, looking up at him before jumping off his legs and running off. The child, tears staining his face and shoulders of his jacket, runs towards his parents, hugging his father close in, not glancing back until another unhappy tyke was upon the lap of the crimson-clad man. He smiled, bouncing the girl upon his knees before, like all the kids before her, she began screaming. Sarah sighed and put down her little Sammy. Uppy! <laughs> Uppy, you bitch! No, I literally just put you down. She wasn't sure if she really wanted this for him, to see him go up there just to begin crying. She looked around to see if she wasn't boxed in, and, upon seeing the sea of torsos behind her, each holding up all the hand of their own child, she decided that it would be okay to wait it out. Anyway, her little guy might like old Saint Nick anyway. Well, you use the word anyway twice, twice in the, the same sentence. sentence. Which makes you retarded. <laughs> if you are thinking to yourself, anyway, twice in the same thought, go seek help. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> She holds Sammy out in front of her, giving the one-year-old... What? This kid is one? <laughs> uh, uppy. Preposterous. She holds Sammy out... Uppy. <laughs> uppy. She holds Sammy out in front of her, giving the one-year-old a little shake. You don't shake a one-year-old. Oh, my God. No, in no context do you shaky baby. His red and white hat jostling <laughs> off of his nearly bald scalp. I fucking hate this. This is scary. It's almost over. She picks it up, plopping the two big caps straight on his head. It covers his eyes, and he reaches a tiny fist up to pick it back up off his eyes. He smiles, shaking his arm around, and laughs a small laugh. Hey, Sammy, are you ready to see Santa? Sarah said, settling him down. Sammy jumps, maybe an inch off the ground his open mouth emitting a sound that was partway between a shriek and a laugh, flapping his arms up and down as he shouts, Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> he says, his mother exaggerating the movements. <laughs> he jumps off the ground, arms outstretched, his little fists raised towards the sky. Sarah laughs a little. She loves this little man, so vibrant and full of energy. I say the same thing about Danny DeVito. <laughs> she wonders what it'll be like to see him grown up into a child, a teen, an adult, and then she stops Ooh. thinking about it. Best to live in the moment now, rather than to spend time worrying about the future. She's sure he'll grow up just fine. She stares intently at the ceiling for a moment, before she is quickly brought back to reality by a small tugging at her hand. <laughs> Sammy's voice starts again, saying a slurred, Mommy! Mommy! 
wait until the next line comes. Sammy looks down to see one of the elves, and then down at the, uh, down at Sammy and smiles. He jumps up and down with excitement. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna see Panther. Sammy shouts, his vocal cords straining to make the sound as loud as he can, barely a conversational pitch. The elf picks him up. Sarah begins walking to the child pickup, glitter and false snow crunching softly under her feet. She turns to watch Sammy, her head hitting a pine tree's branch as she does so. Blushing with embarrassment, she steps forward and smiles at her son. Sammy, looking over, smiles back. But the smile fades as he turns to see the scarlet-clad figure sitting atop an icy plastic throne, its garments shining the bright light above its head. Santa smiles, stretches out his arms to greet the little boy. Ho, ho, ho! <sighs> Hello, little boy. What's your name? The booming voice of Santa called out to Sammy. Tammy! The little boy says, his expression changing. Instead of looking around at the plastic treasures the mole had to hold with one of the wonderment, uh, with one of wonderment, he watched the giant red-clad sphere of a man with an expression somewhere between shock and fear. Sammy, his wide eyes glassily reflecting the large smile, begins to squish his face into a tight screech. He began to flail his arms and legs, kicking and struggling at the elf's hold. Tears flow, little rivulets of water running down Sammy's face staining his jacket and shirt. His hat falls off his head. An elf scurries in to pick it up. The lady holding him quickly rushes over to Sarah, handing her the screaming child. She hugs Sammy in tight, rubbing her hand in small circles across his back. There, there, Sammy says, whispering it gently into his tiny ears. Please, 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 mommy's here. It's okay. I love you. She walks slowly away from the man, the red suit folding as he greets another child, this one wearing an ugly knit sweater. <laughs> Sammy slowly stops crying, his tears becoming less and less apparent, his scream becoming less and less loud. Eventually, they fall off into silence, and he begins to close his eyes. His weight drops onto Sarah's shoulder, and he falls asleep. He does so, just as they reach the car. Sarah wakes up with a start. She's in a black room, with a quilt covering her body. No light penetrating the darkness save for a small electric clock. Its feeble glow is just enough for her to see that she's still in her room, her husband still beside her, sleeping, his soft breath breathing. The only noise in the silence around, there is a sharp tick as the clock's display changed to a glowing red 152. Silence rings in her ears, louder than any noise she's heard before, with nothing to penetrate it. Strange. She could have sworn that she had heard Sammy screaming for Mommy just a moment ago. Maybe that's what startled her out of her sleep. She gets up, throwing her covers onto her husband with a thump, and walks slowly to her son's room. Her footsteps echo loudly in the hallway. The noise filling her ears like raindrops to a dew on a barrel. It's a short walk from her room to the nursery, but to her, it feels like hours on end. She reaches the door, turns the knob to open it. A light, creaking noise announces the opening of the door. Inside, she looks down at her son, 
who appear to be sleeping just as soundly as before, if not more so. In the light of the moon, through his window, he looks unnaturally pale. Sarah walks over to him, no noise coming from her steps. She reaches her hand into the nursery, takes the covers off of him to find multiple streaks of crimson blood peppered across his body. Sammy! She wails, picking his limp body up. She begins to weep, holding his lifeless form to her chest, hot tears streaming down her face. As she does so, she hears a faint laugh echo throughout the room. Ho, ho, ho. So that's it. The The twist of the story is your baby's dead. Oppie! Fucking dead, you bitch. Sammy's final words. So anyway, I started blasting. Uh, apparently there's an alternate ending. I'm trying to see what is different. It's a short walk from her room to the nursery, but to her it feels like hours on end. She reaches the door, turns the knob to open it with a chunk. Inside, she looks down at her son, who appeared to be sleeping just as soundly as before, if not more so. In the light of the moon through his window, he looks unnaturally pale. Sarah takes the covers off him to find multiple slash marks, each seemingly created by a knife of some sort. Sammy! She shouts. Picking his limp body up, she cries out, holding his lifeless form to her chest, hot tears streaming down her screaming face. She is too distressed about her now-dead son to notice the red-clad man standing behind her, his knife dully shining in the darkness. That was fucking rad. I'm fucking, I'm fucking hard. I'm, 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 I'm wet. Uppy. All I could think about was, um, Mommy, pick me up for your milkies. <laughs> God damn it. That All was so cringe. God damn it. Vito, and I could also think about, uh, no. uh, come here, Balto, fuck me. Yes. 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 I thought the same the, thing. The first thing when it was like, ho, 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 little Santa. boy. Come here. Come here. Santa's got a surprise for you. Uh, fucking uppy, man. You ever want your mommy to do uppies? <laughs> For the love of God. I wish my mom gave me uppies, but she gave me downies. Probably <laughs> <laughs> from not shaking too much. That one-year-old, yeah. Yeah, shake that one-year-old. Um, do you want to go next? Yeah, that one's for you. I know, but I, they're shake, not in any shake, particular Shake order. your one-year-old. No, shake him all the time. The, let's go down the woods. Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> that almost fits too well. I know, right? All right, so apparently when Jack. I got this story, I thought of... Um, apparently when I got this story, I thought uh, that I should read this because I hate Christmas, notoriously. And this next one is called Christmas Nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> And if I didn't say it earlier, all the stories tonight are brought to you from Creepypasta, which is why they suck dick. It's not much, but it's an honest living. <laughs> Oppie. That's for Oppie. Oppie. Downey. Hi, my name's Jack. Jack Nicholson. And, uh, well, at first I didn't believe in myths, fairy tales, or even the paranormal. But what happened to me changed my way of thinking about the world. It made me believe there are things out there that we just 
don't know about. Yet. My freak. <laughs> so where should I begin? You sound readable. I guess it all started Oppy. <laughs> I guess it all started December 22nd. It was the Isn't that like tomorrow? Oh no, it's 2 days from now. It was the middle of winter and I lived in Maryland at the time. My wife and I had a divorce nice. because I had cheated on oh, her a few years ago. So it's just me by myself. Oppie. I'm a regular guy. <laughs> he sounds like a dream. <laughs> Relatable. A few weeks after the divorce, she had a child. His name was Tyler. And even though I never got to see him, not even on my birthday, my wife made an exception to let him come out to see me this once, only because Tyler kept asking her to let him see me that Christmas. Because somehow he knows about me. Along with the fact that his birthday was the 25th, she couldn't say no. Score one for Tyler. <laughs> On December 23rd at 3 a.m., I met him for the first time at the airport. I came <laughs> to tears to see my son for the first time in person. Just was one of those moments to where I couldn't help myself. He had yellowish-brown, curvy, short hair. His eyes were dark brown, and he was breaking out with a few pimples on his Wait, face. Wait, is he a baby? cheated on his pregnant wife? Yep. Why does and the baby the have acne? He's a piece of shit. <laughs> He's complaining about not seeing the baby? Yeah, not even on his birthday. Okay. Thanks, Karen. Maybe he's older than I think he is. Oh, okay. He must have already hit the puberty this stage, is obviously. Like a fourteen-year-old dad. Well, yeah, because he came right. He wore a dark blue no-sleeve jacket over a black T-shirt, and he also wore ripped jeans with Timberlake boots. Isn't it Timberland? With the fur. Timberland, yeah. <laughs> they said the Justin Timberlake boots. <laughs> nice. He then came over to me and gave me a hug that lasted for a minute. <laughs> Gay. I was gonna wait a minute. <laughs> we oh. then went to get his luggage and then went back to my home. As soon as we got inside, I gave him a tour of the place. His room was a little roomy <laughs> with a couch, television, and a twin bed. The closet was small but still big enough to walk in. It was more like a box, big enough to walk in. <laughs> he seemed. <laughs> he seemed. He seemed. No! He's uppy. He seemed satisfied with his room because as soon as I showed it to him, he quickly laid down on the bed with a grin on his face. I'll just let you settle in, and I'll be in the living room if you need me, I told him. I went downstairs, sat on the sofa, and picked up the remote to watch television. <laughs> I'm a normal person. I turned to the History Channel, because it always had something interesting to watch. This time, it talked mostly about sirens and mermaids. For two hours, I sat there watching it. Then I went to go check on Tyler. I'm a good dad. I opened the door and entered his room. To my surprise, he was already asleep, still wearing his clothes on top of the covers. I then heard music playing outside. 
I look out the window next to the TV in Tyler's room. It was just my loud neighbors again. This had been going on ever since they moved to the area a year ago. Fucking shoot them. Every time near the holidays, they would always have their music playing at night and then show off some new decorations on their house the next morning. They were only two teenagers, one boy, one girl. They seemed 17 years of age. And why, yes, they looked like teens. They didn't act like teens. I would only see them once or twice out of the day and that's it. The next morning, my son and I were out at the store getting new decorations for my house. We picked out some yellow lights to go around the house, then picked out a Christmas tree to go in the living room. I plan on going all out for Tyler's birthday, which is also Christmas. Hey, Dad, do you mind if I go pick out one last thing before we go? He asked. Downsy. I told him yes. Within a matter of ten minutes, he came back holding an envelope. We went to check out to buy all the decorations and other stuff that did cost me fortune, but I would do anything for my son. Is this guy Asian? Maybe. <laughs> No, because he's driving. We went to check out to buy all decoration and other stuff that call me fortune. Read the next line. But I'll do anything for my son. Right. I drove us back home and on the way my porch with the No. <laughs> if I can't do it, you can't do it. I drove you didn't bring it up yet, so I was gonna take advantage of it. Okay. I drove us back home and on my way up to the porch with the bags. That's not how you use a semicolon. <laughs> I saw the two strange teens putting up their decorations again. Hey, 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 at least they're legal, right? (laughs) Somebody wrote this. No, they're 17. Hey. No, they're 17. Was this AI generated? (laughs) Everything was just plain white (laughs) with red spots or stripes on them. The decorations also looked like they were all carved by hand. It must have taken hours to make all the decorations, maybe even days, because they came outside with snowflakes, reindeer, and one white and red Santa's sleigh. They really upped their game this year. Nice decorations, I yelled to them. The two teens stopped what they were doing and looked up at me for a few minutes, then looked at my son, then looked at me, then looked at my son, then looked at me, then looked at my pee-pee, then looked at my son, who was getting the rest of the stuff out of the car. They had a blank stare on their faces, not even a smile, and then went back to decorating. My son and I went inside to put up the Christmas tree in the living room. Here, you start putting the decorations on the tree, and I'll go make us some eggnog, I told him, giving him the decorations. What's eggnog? Sounds gross, he said. I just laughed and said, it's not gross at all. I think you'll actually like it. Six hours went by, full of laughing and decorating. Then there was a knock at the door. I go to the door and open it, only to see an envelope on the ground. I closed the door and opened it. It read, Dear Jack, my husband and I are having a Christmas party at 10 o'clock tonight, and we wanted to invite you to all the fun. The whole neighborhood will be there. There will be snacks, drinks, and a few party games. Hope you can make it. Yours truly, Mrs. and Mr. Brewster. 
I then went to the table to put down, to put the letter down for a minute. Then Tyler came over to me with a different envelope. Here, Dad, I know it's a little early, but I couldn't wait till Christmas to give it to you, he said. I then opened it and pulled out a necklace and a card. The necklace had a little cross with a ring going over the cross. The whole necklace was silver-plated. Then I looked at the card and it read, Best Dad in the World. As corny as the card was, I gave my son a hug that lasted for two... (laughs) For two minutes. An uppy! Come here, son. You get one uppy. Oh, for the love of God. (laughs) I then told him about the party and asked if he wanted to go. Sounds like fun. A party of uppies. (laughs) He's getting everybody uppies. Let's be honest. You want to go to a party full of uppies. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Alcohols are mostly downies, if you know what I'm saying. I told you. Never to say that fucking word around me again. Come. Captain. Come. All right, I'll drop you Come. off up there, but I want you back by 10.30, okay? I can't go without you because I have some stuff I need to take care of. Can I trust you to go there and come back by 10.30? No. I asked. It's a half hour is, is at this, this party. A, is this a voicemail transcript? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can, he said confidently. Yes, my lady. <laughs> my lady. <laughs> I have been trying to read him like a fucking... He calls his dad my lady. <laughs> he does. Anything you need, m'lady. <laughs> Five hours passed and Tyler was at the door ready to go to the party. I got my keys and we made our way to the car and that's when out of the corner of my eye, I noticed a small dog running across the street from something two houses down. Then a giant monstrosity pounced on the dog out of nowhere. The poor dog let out a shriek and the monster, that thing, opened its mouth to a full 180-degree angle, showing multiple of rows of horrifying dagger-like teeth. Then it took a giant chomp out of half the dog's body, blood being gushed out on the face of the monster. Gushy. The dog let out three loud shrieks of pain and then was silenced due to the loss of blood. And I looked as the monstrosity chewed the dog's lower body in its mouth, and it was like nothing I'd ever seen. Its mouth was extremely wide, and when it chewed, the whole mouth swooshed down, reaching a full three feet, and then going back up again. Then I looked at its entire body. It was snake-like, and it must have been at least twelve feet. Then I looked at its long, skinny (laughs) arms. For the body of a serpent-like monster, I would expect the arms to be bigger. Don't you mean to be non-existent? Then the, then the hands were as long as half a skateboard, because I'm a dad who measures things in skateboard legs. Alex feet. Jones is rolling in his grave. Its <laughs> eyes were completely... He's still alive. Its <laughs> eyes were completely black, with a white spot in the center of them both. The kid is Alex Jones. Then it stopped eating and let out a loud, monstrous yell and stood up almost taller than me. And while it was standing... The rest of the body slithered on the ground, making the whole monster move out of sight. I was so disgusted by what I had just witnessed, I quickly grabbed my son's wrist and pulled him inside and told him, Son, I need you to shut and lock every door and window in this house 
right now. He went upstairs to do so while I do the same downstairs. I quickly grabbed my son's wrist and broke it. <laughs> A few minutes <laughs> pass, and my son comes downstairs. Dad, what happened? I couldn't tell him what I saw, so I thought fast and said, Well, I figured since it was the first time I've ever seen my own flesh and blood and is most likely going to be the last that we could spend some time together, you know, play a board game or just try to get to know each other. Mom, I saw your whore mom. <laughs> she wouldn't let me see you on my birthday. He gave me a blank stare for a minute and said... Okay, I think I saw a Monopoly board game oh, upstairs somewhere. <laughs> I mean, my whore, my lady. <laughs> I'll go get it. <laughs> I give Tyler a small grin as he went back up the stairs. And when he was gone, I looked out through the blinds on the window to make sure that horrific thing was gone. But all I saw were lights from the party Mr. and Mrs. Brightster were having. My son comes back downstairs, phone in his hand, and an excited expression on his face. Dad, take a look at this. It was so cool. I caught it on my phone, Tyler said. He gave me his cell phone to look at the video, and then rambled on and on about his findings. He said that two giant serpent-like monsters were going back and forth from our neighbor's house over to the Brightster's house, where the party was being held. He also said that each time they would slither over the fence of the Brightster's house empty-handed, then come back out with two motionless people being held in their arms going back to our neighbor's backyard where the two strange teens were living in. <sighs> He also said that this happened three times while he was upstairs for the whole two minutes. The fourth time, the two serpents stopped at the fence of the Brightster's house and looked directly at him as if they were looking into his very soul. They then turned their heads to a full 180 degrees without their bodies moving the same way. Then both of them gave my son a giant smile that was just about bigger than their face, and their eyes glowed bright red. After their little display of horror, they jumped the fence to go back to what they were doing before. I looked at, my, at the video my son, Tyler, had caught on his phone, and what I saw made me shiver just by looking at it. Everything the phone showed me was everything my son just told me. <laughs> also knowing that there are two of these things in my neighborhood, and just seeing the way they looked at my son, I just didn't know what to think. To think those things could come after my son. You just said you didn't know what to think! What if the things were pedophiles? It just... No, I can't even imagine such a thing. I would rather die than let those things take my son away from me. This is cringe. <laughs> I needed some time to think about what I was going to do. I told Tyler to watch some TV or something oh and to keep the phone with me for a while. What if he just sees, like, mimics of his ex-wife running around? Son, <laughs> I never thought I'd say this, but I miss your poor mother. 
he didn't seem to mind at all. Hours had gone by with me watching the video over and over again. In my mind, I was asking to myself, why were those things there? Where did they come from? And what are their plans? These questions were spinning around my head like a tornado. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't call the cops. They would just laugh right in my face if I told them that there were two serpent monsters in the area. I definitely couldn't tell my ex because that's just one headache I don't feel like having right now. I guess all I could do was keep this on the down low until the whole thing blows over. December 24th Christmas was just one day away and the gifts for my son were already under the Christmas tree. Tyler was still asleep in bed, so I decided to go ahead and make a good breakfast for him to wake him up to. I pulled out a, a good cookbook that was passed on to me by my mom. I came from a family of good cooks. All of our family recipes were kept in this very book. I flipped through a couple of pages until I found Lumber Chunk in Breakfast. It said on the page, this recipe rep was made by my great-grandmother, but the year was so smudged, so I didn't know when it was made. It looked like a good idea, so I grabbed some eggs out of the fridge, pulled out the pancake mix, and pulled out some OJ from the fridge as well. Then I pulled out two pans and started cooking. This is pulled out I my guess, This is scary part. I guess the sound of sizzling eggs woke up Tyler because I saw him come downstairs wearing nothing but some jeans and a no-sleeve t-shirt while rubbing his eyes. Nothing but anything you need. He didn't say anything for a few minutes. Then he asked, mm, what's for breakfast? This is the worst thing I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> Pancakes, sausage, eggs with bacon and OJ, I told him. He then sat down on the couch and picked up the remote to watch TV. After a few minutes of cooking, I have breakfast all set on the table. The food is done. Come and get it, I said. Within one second, Tyler was at the table, gobbling down all of the food on his plate. I don't even think I saw him chew his food first. Suddenly, there was a knock at the door. I went over from the table to open the door. It was Mrs. Brewster. Bright strength. Brewster. And she had tears running down her cheeks Hot. while giving me a look of sorrow. And in her hand, she held a CD. I'm so sorry for your loss, Jack, she said. My loss? What are you talking about? I said. She just looked down and handed me the CD. I thought she was joking, so I started to chuckle. Oh, I get it. A joke. <laughs> nice try, Mrs. Brightster. <laughs> I said playfully. <laughs> then she lifted her face back up at me, still with the same expression on her face, and said, I found this in my mailbox this morning, and when I went to play it, it showed, it showed me your son being brutally tortured by these two horrible creatures. I'm so sorry. 
I quickly smiled, then laughed out loud again, and turned around to show her that my son was at the table eating breakfast. But when I did, no one was there. All I saw was the food I made still on the table, still intact, and still hot. As if I... As if it had never been touched, the TV was off, and the remote was still on the couch, just the way I left it last night. It was as if the last two hours I spent with my son this morning never even happened. The smile quickly turned into a frown, a frowny McBoohoo, oh, and then I turned back at Mrs. Bradster and snatched the CD from her hand. Then I went back into the house to look for my son! I yelled his name from downstairs. No answer. Next, I said that if he didn't come downstairs, I would whoop him with my leather belt. Nothing. Not even a thump of his foot what? stepping on the floor. So I quickly ran upstairs to his room. He was still sleeping in bed with a pillow covering his head. But just seeing him sleeping in bed wasn't good enough for me. I wanted to make sure he was breathing. I needed to know he was still on this earth. I had to know. I then took the pillow from over his head and threw it to the floor. Then, what I saw was my son. But his eyes were popped out of their sockets, and there was a big cut in his throat. Dry blood was all over his face. I then noticed a small folded piece of paper in his neck where he was cut. I grabbed the bloody folded paper, then it opened, and it read, Look under the bed. <laughs> and when I did... What the note instructed, I found a small gift box wrapped with blue and green wrapping paper with a little bow on top of the box. I took the box from under the bed and ripped all the wrapping paper off and then opened the box. There was a little note that said, Merry Christmas, and next to it, one eyeball. Wow, these might be the worst stories we've ever read on a Christmas that was, episode. That was bad. I did feel You're like... acting like yours was much better. <laughs> well. Oppie. <laughs> Oppie. Oh, my God. That was, let me tell you, that was a Christmas nightmare. You know what, what I'm saying? What was that? No, it was, it was 10, that was, that was ten pages. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about it was a Christmas nightmare. Oh, man. Something happened. On the way. Yeah, though. something happened, all right. Oh, in my pants. I wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's actually not the one I'm having you read. Oh, well, fuck me then. <laughs> uh, you are going to read... I don't understand what I did wrong. I'm Casey Miller, and these are the morning announcements. I'm nauseous after that one. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's fair. All right, now it's Franz McBoohoo's turn to read an awful Christmas story. It's my turn, and we're going hard and heavy into no gifts hard this year. Hard and fard. Hard and fard. No. Dubby, <laughs> suck my tubby. <laughs> no gifts this year. When I woke up this morning, I found the house to be empty. It was strange. I seriously doubt that my family would leave for my aunt's house without me on Christmas morning. Something wasn't right. All the miscellaneous 
carefully placed pictures of me were still on the walls and oh wait hold on uh all the missiles <laughs> all, all the all the <laughs> miscellaneously placed pictures of me that were on the walls and hearth were gone all the other photos were still in place Another thing that struck me as odd was the fact that there were no gifts that, just last night, were meticulously put, put under the tree this morning. What the hell? I thought to myself. <laughs> Everything is gone! Even the shit I left for my parents! <laughs> Took a shit under the tree. I even shit! <laughs> take that, take that, parents. <laughs> I even shit under here. <laughs> even my bitch ex-wife! <laughs> Where'd it go, my shit? Milady. Milady? <laughs> I left a nice piss stain for you, Milady. <laughs> a piss stain or a piss bag? No, that's what he calls her. Oh, nice. Just then I heard a low, guttural growl that made me practically jump out of my skin. I quickly turned my head to see my dog baring her teeth. In a semi-defensive position, she stared at me with a terrified look in her eyes as she growled. I took a step toward her and she ran into the other room as fast as she could. She... <laughs> <laughs> Read it. She... <laughs> Foreshadowing! She did leave a nice piss stain in the carpet, though. Ladies. Shit! <laughs> Shit! Shit! I muttered under my breath. Something definitely isn't right! You, you gotta say something definitely isn't right with your head back and forth. Something definitely isn't right! <laughs> Shit! Why do you have to do that? Because it's written in the line. You can just you can see it. It's invisible ink. But you yeah, can see it. I, I see. You it, read yeah. between the lines. I get it. Something definitely is isn't right. <laughs> I walked. I walked through the house, and everything was a mess. Tables and chairs were turned over, and lamps were smashed. It looked as if a tornado went through the place. I felt like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a good analogy would be I felt as the house I felt as I <laughs> yes yes you were reading that right I guess a good analogy would be I felt as the house looked like shit <laughs> right <laughs> I, I felt as if a cement truck had just punched me in the gut I didn't know trucks had hands! Shit! I went upstairs to the bathroom to wash myself. Something definitely isn't right. I can't breathe. I I went upstairs to go to the bathroom and wash myself. The smell of cigarette smoke and cheap booze filled the air. Fucking I wondered what was going on. Why were there piss stains all over the floor? <laughs> My fucking dog. She. <laughs> Ted Rod's dying. In the bathroom, I looked in the mirror, and I must say, 
I look like a picture of the living dead. I was as white as free as sour cream. <laughs> I love it. My pupils were dilated to a size I never knew was natural. It was almost as if my eyes themselves were black. Purple and black. Quite disconcerned. Shit. <laughs> I walked through the house at a slow pace, taking my time. I noticed that my father's black suit and tie were missing. What? Why that? that Why is that what you noticed? <laughs> that shouldn't be anything disturbing to me, but for some reason, I couldn't shake the bad feeling that was coming from deep within my gut. This guy's obviously dead. Right? As I walked like, down, we all read between oh, yeah. the lines. Obviously dead. <laughs> As I walked down the stairs, I looked out the window to notice that my dad's black Cadillac Converge. <laughs> yep, that's what it says. Was missing from the driveway. So was my mum's Chrysler 300C. I was pissed. <laughs> I was pissed they just left me alone like this. Whatever. It was only three miles to my aunt's house. Why not going to your aunt's? No, I need him to keep going. We must continue. I put on my jacket. I walk. I, walk. I just like that you're so angry. I put on a piss. <laughs> Shit. I put on my jacket and I walked out the door quietly. I'm in pain. Stop, please. <laughs> I can't stand up because you're making me fucking. You're so oh. fucking funny. I'm dying right now. I'm dying. All right. Help me. All right, I'll give you a minute. Okay. Okay, you good? All right. I was like losing oxygen. You're making me laugh that hard. Okay. Oh my god. Shit! I put on my tiny little jacket and I walked out the door quietly being careful not to scare my dog more than she already was. <laughs> Fucking piss dating bitch. <laughs> oh my god, please. That's what the dog's saying. It's true. <laughs> Help me, Awa. <laughs> uh, my ribs. My ribs. Dude, ow. Oh shit. Fuck. It was a cold day. Oh no. Which was to be expected on a late December day in Capitol Hill, Boston, Massachusetts. I didn't know you wrote this from the grave. JK, I'm a mass hole. <laughs> well, that explains the character. There was a mass of people congregated around the junction and three blocks away from my house. I couldn't make out any details, but I could see the outline of a black car. <laughs> <laughs> Why was that funny? <laughs> Shit! Come on. <laughs> it had hit the side of a two-family house. The front half what? of the car was inside the damn living room. <laughs> I had a natural aversion to things like that. <laughs> to car accidents. I had a natural aversion to things like that. So desperate. So despite, despite being worried about the driver and potential passengers, I kept moving. Nothing else seemed out of the ordinary on my walk. Just your typical Bostonian good morning. Which is a bump on the shoulder and any of the several, several established cusses, which is accurate. I arrived at my aunt's house about two hours after setting off. I thought she, I thought you like, said she was close by. Right? <laughs> yes, I took my sweet time. I took time. my sweet time. <laughs> Shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Looking in the window, I could see several family members, nuclear family included, huddled around the table. I was mad as hell. <laughs> but then I took a good hard look at everyone inside. All of them had a somber look on their faces for such a joyous holiday. Each person also had a black suit or dress on. By then, my anger had faded, and I quietly walked through the door as opposed to bursting through it, which is all I wanted to do at first. As soon as my foot crossed the threshold, a bright light enveloped me. I felt like I was drowning in the light, and then everything went dark. When I came to, I walked out of my room, and there was nothing under the tree. Both cars were still gone. I was more confused than when I woke up this morning. There was no way my parents would have brought me home and left me there to go back to my aunt's house, so I decided to go back. Once again, I put on my jacket and I left the house. I remember that about three blocks away there was an accident and I figured I wouldn't be a pussy this time and go check it out. The crowd was gone and there were only two squad cars. One was on the corner and the other was right next to the crashed car. I walked right up to the car and was disturbed by the fact that the cop, eating a donut, fact, fuck, and reading the Boston Globe, did not take a notice to my presence despite the fact that I had walked right by them. I dreaded looking inside the car and I hesitated for a few minutes. I wasn't going to let myself just walk away, even though I felt like I was going to throw up. I bent over and was horrified to see a bloody pulp of a man that looked just like me pinned down into a seat by the dashboard. Blood continued to roll down his forehead. His hands still clutched the steering wheel, white knuckled, and a look of horror was still spread across his face. Rigor mortis is a beautiful thing. In the distance, I saw an ambulance cruising towards the cars with lights flashing and the speakers occasionally letting out a beep or two. In a state of disbelief, I rushed around the corner. I rushed around to the back of the car, only to be greeted by a Cadillac insignia. I rushed to the squad car and started yelling at the cop, hoping to get a response. None came. I ran to a nearby driveway and picked up pebbles and started throwing them at the cop's window. He suddenly sat up alert, and he turned his head in my direction. With a quizzical look on his face, he turned his head away as if he didn't see me and went back to his donuts and morning paper. I ran as fast as I could, but I only got a few feet away and I tripped on something. As I hit the ground and lay there, as a bright white light, exactly like the one before, came over me again. It all came back in a flash, pulling out of the driveway, running to the red light, worried that I'd be late, getting T-boned by that damn Kia, shielding my face with my hands and from the shattered glass, trying desperately to gain control of the car again. Going through the wall of the two family, being pinned to my seat by the dashboard, finally choking on my own blood as it welled up in my lungs. Shit! <laughs> Pissing! <laughs> what the fuck's going on? When I woke up this afternoon, I found the house to be empty. It was strange. I seriously doubted my family would leave me asleep while they went to my aunt's house on Christmas Day. Something wasn't right. All the miscellaneously placed pictures of me were off the walls and the hearth were gone. All the other photos were still in place. Another thing that struck me as odd was the fact that there were no gifts that, just last night, were meticulously put there under the tree this morning.
But my god damn dog's damn fucking pissed in! She was fucking there! I fucking shit under that tree and it was gone. It was gone. <laughs> no gifts this year. I actually liked that story. Yeah, that one wasn't bad. Groundhog Day from Hell. Oh my god. I couldn't breathe. You know it explains it though, because he's he's a masshole, so he would be just pissed. Whoa, <laughs> that story made me fucking hard as a rock, bro. I was I was about to say something definitely isn't right, <laughs> and it's in my pants. That yeah. that story Piece was shit in my pants. Where's that fucking dog? That story was actually good. Because it actually it was shit. written competently. Yeah. Yeah, we love that. And it had shit and piss. <laughs> and it had shit and piss. And, and a piss bag. And death. And death. And a pair of and a pair of dead and daddy milkers. And a tiny little jacket. <laughs> it did on. say it did say that. Um, it was a good one. It was it was good. So we're we're going to read one more story together. I'm gonna give them the voice duty and I will be doing the uh, the narrator, um, and we're gonna we're gonna tell our own little heartwarming Christmas tale. You just said duty. Uh, frowns. Would you care to be the mother? Well, what I need, I think, the way the story goes is I need someone to be the little the little boy, which I would prefer to be Tenra. Okay, that's fine. Which means Frowns is gonna play the mom, <laughs> the the little toy soldier, and whatever else shows up. This is mm-hmm. gonna, this is gonna be Uppy's cousin. Or would you Downsy? rather actually make him the little boy so yeah. that you could be more experimental with the voices? <laughs> I'm afraid of how he's gonna take experimental voices. You're gonna read the little boy. Alright. I can do an impression of his experimental voices. Oh <laughs> But I don't want to <laughs> See, I was thinking more, hey, I'm Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I just pull out my Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, so this one starts with the mother. And to this day, Marie should still be the queen of a country in which shimmering Christmas forests and glazed marzipan castles, in short, the most marvelous thing you can imagine, can be seen if you only look. The end. With a sigh, little Timmy slowly closes the book, gets up, and places it on his corner of books, as his mother calls the pile at the corner of the room where (coughs) Timmy puts his books. Did you finish that already, honey? Yeah, Ma. Okay, so I guess we read that wrong. I guess, Timmy, Timmy, you're supposed to read that. Oh. Yeah. And to this day, Marie should still be the queen of the country and with shimmering Christmas forests and glazed marzipan castles. In short, the most marvelous things you can imagine can be seen if you only look. The end. With a sigh, little Timmy slowly closes the book gets up and places it on his corner of books as his mother calls the pile at the corner of the room where Timmy puts his books. Did you finish that already, honey? Yeah, Ma. Timmy responds, his soft voice trembling from the cold. Yeah, Ma. Did you like it? (laughs) I will take you to the bookshop. (laughs) 
Did you like it? I will take you to the bookshop to get another one for the holidays when the weather becomes better. Timmy's mother says before she is struck by a coughing fit. It has been snowing heavily for days now, and the two of them have been trapped. And the two of them have been trapped in their home while the old stove in the basement has broken down and there is no heating in the house. It's okay, Ma. I don't need one right now. Timmy, despite his young age, knows his mother doesn't have much money and doesn't want to put pressure on her. She spends it all on hooch and black cigarettes. He jumps on the couch next to his mother and strokes his hair, and she strokes his hair affectionately. Get over here. As the two of them huddle together to fight off the growing cold. Yes, Ma. During the night, it is just past midnight, and little Timmy is laying on his bed tightly clutching his raggedy blanket close to his chest. He is having trouble going to sleep. His mother's muffled crying and raspy coughing can be heard through the wall. He pulls the blanket over his head to fend off both the lingering cold and his mother's suffering. Having trouble sleeping, little one? A voice speaks up from the foot of the bed. With a swift move, a wooden nutcracker toy soldier climbs onto the bed and sits on Little Timmy's leg. Little Timmy peeks out from under the blanket. Hi, Alexander, the boy says with a frail voice. Worried about your mother, huh? The toy soldier says, readjusting the wooden hat on his head. Little Timmy nods in agreement. Oh, she is having a rough night, isn't she? Alexander pauses for a second. But I heard you just finished your book. How was it? It was good. <laughs> you are not in the mood for talking. <laughs> Alexander scratches off a wood chip from his knee. He looks sternly at little Timmy. Tell you what, lad. I will take care of this. I will down at the basement and see what I can do about the stove. I want to help too! Little Timmy says, his voice stronger. That's the spirit, lad. Have a good night's sleep now. With that, Alexander takes a bow and jumps off the bed. Little Timmy is very glad he has Alexander. He is shy, sickly, and small in frame, and he doesn't have many he can call friends. Alexander is there for him ever since he can remember, taking care of him since he was young. These thoughts float in Timmy's mind as he falls into the warm embrace of a deep sleep. We all float down here. Morning comes. Oh my tits! Little Timmy spends the day taking care of his mother. He cleans around the house, cooks and caters to her needs. Her condition has worsened during the night. She is feverish and cannot stop coughing. She is stuck to her bed for the whole day. To keep her warm, Timmy gave her his blanket, no matter how she refused. Still, the house is terribly cold. And the stove remains broken. Fucking stove! Night falls again. Stove. Timmy bids his mother good night and goes for his bed. He has no blanket, 
Instead, he uses the heaviest clothes he can find in his wardrobe. Still, the cold is stinging and harsh. With a trembling breath, he lays down and closes his eyes. Psst. Lad, are you asleep? Alexander opens the toy's chest and walks slowly toward the bed. Little Timmy groggily opens his eyes. The mustachioed face of the soldier greets him. It's funny because I have a mustache. Mm -hmm. Sorry to wake you up, but I think I found what the problem with the stove is. The basement is covered in snow. In, in snow? How? Timmy's timid voice speaks out. There is snow everywhere. On the floor, the shelves, everywhere, I say. How is this possible? Timmy's sentence is interrupted by heavy coughing <laughs> from his mother's room. <laughs> Alexander looks at little Timmy stoically. Tomorrow, I will go down there and take care of it. Do not worry, lad. The toy soldier tries to soothe Timmy. Suddenly, the sound of a door slamming shut echoes across the house. Bang! Little Timmy gasps. Oh. Must have been the wind, Alexander says. Then, just outside the room, footsteps. Slow, unsteady footsteps, like someone is dragging his feet. Little Timmy hides under the covers while Ag Alexander stands up. The footsteps abruptly stop. The door to the mother's room creaks open. The footsteps resume. Someone has entered the room. Stay here, lad. Alexander whispers to little Timmy before he jumps down the bed and goes for the door. He jumps to the handle and pulls it down, but the door does not open. Locked? The door to the mother's room closes shut. Timmy starts sobbing lightly. Alexander frantically jumps around the room, trying to find the key. Then, from the mother's room, a loud moan. Mommy! Oh. Timmy cries. Alexander is livid, eyes darting around and mind racing for a way out. The moans get louder and louder until they suddenly stop, replaced by rhythmic wheezing. I'm gonna shoot, I'm gonna shoot. Fucking luck. Alexander moves a stool under the handle, like climbs I'm, on, I feel like I'm 20 again. and jams his metal sword in the lock and frantically moves it <laughs> and frantically moves it around. The door clicks open and the toy soldier jumps out, his wooden boots clacking across the cold floor. He runs to the mother's room, but as he reaches the door, it swings open and a wild gust of wind blows into the hallway. This, this Woody is hot. Lifting Alexander and slamming him against the wall. Then, an eerie silence falls upon the house. Only the muffled crying of little Timmy and the heavy breathing of the mother disturb the stillness of the cold night. The weak morning sun rays break through the dark clouds. Ma, mom, please wake up. Little Timmy begs for his mother. Wake up, she mama. has grown deathly pale and she is very cold. 
She is breathing with difficulty and she is shaking. I'll warm some milk for you, Mama. Please drink it. It'll do you good. But she does not respond. Lost deep into feverish dreams. Little Timmy places the glass of milk on the nightstand and turns to leave. He has a lot of housework to do. During the day, though, he takes great care to stay away from the basement door. The moon shines brightly in the sky. Lad, is everything all right? Alexander jumps from the toy's chest and sits on the windowsill next to little Timmy, who has been staring out of the window for the past hour. Alexander's left hand is bruised and its red paint is scratched off while a button is missing from his torso from the scuffle last night. I gathered some wood and dried branches. I will light the old stove and we will be warm again. What about the thing? Don't be scared, little Timmy. Alexander will take care of it. The toy soldier says with a warm smile. Anyway, I see you started writing the story you were telling me about. He says, pointing at the notebook by the nightstand. How's it going? This must be fun. It's great. I'm at the part where Jack sneaks into the Mouse King's castle to save Eliza. Oh, I am so eager to read it. Jack sounds like a very fine lad. He's very brave. But he's not as brave as his guardian. Little Timmy says, his gaze wandering off into the distance. Alexander sighs. Okay, well, I'll go fire the stove up for a moment, and then I'll return to talk about your story more, all right, lad? Little Timmy gives Alexander a fleeting, nervous glance, and Alexander bows his head and backs away. An hour has passed, and Alexander still hasn't returned, nor is the stove lit. Little Timmy is growing more anxious by the minute. He fears the worst. Thinking of what Alexander would do for him, he decides to go to the basement and with trembling hands he opens the door. His mother is fast asleep. Little Timmy covers her exposed to the cold body with her blankets and starts the long walk towards the basement. Time seems to have stopped while Timmy makes his way to the basement door. The incessant wind has ceased blowing, and the wind is plunged into complete silence. He takes a deep breath and with shaking hands reaches for the doorknob. The old door opens, the rusty hinges groaning under the weight of the metal door. The cold breath of the darkness below hits little Timmy in the face. For a moment, his will falters, but he steals himself and pushes his legs down the slippery stairs, the open, dark mouth of the basement below staring back into his little heart. Slowly but steadily, little Timmy descends into the abyss. The further down he goes, the colder and darker it gets. Snow and ice have formed on the stairs. Then, Timmy reaches the floor of the basement. He gets on his toes to reach the light switch, but it is completely frozen and stuck in place. Darkness and cold envelops the little boy. In front of him stands the old stove, asleep and dormant. All the boxes and old shelves around it are just shadows in the dark. Alexander, though, is nowhere to be seen. Timidly, little Timmy takes a step forward. As soon as his foot lands, a gust of wind blows from the back of the basement, swirling snow and stuff around. Timmy covers himself as best as he can. When the ruckus stops, a tall, white silhouette stands in the middle of the room. 
The man-like creature is crouched over, its thin torso almost floating on its lean limbs. Its skin has a parch-like texture and breaks up here and there. The creature sniffs the air and turns toward Timmy. Its black eyes meet with his as the creature starts to move towards Timmy, who can only watch, paralyzed. Over here! Alexander's voice echoes in the basement, pulling Timmy out of his trance. Little Timmy follows his voice and finds the toy soldier, hiding under a shelf, a pile of wood by his side. He is in a very dire state. His torso is cracked, wooden splinters spurting out from his body, and his right leg is severed from the knee down. To stand up, he is using a branch as a crutch. We don't have much time. You need to go and put the wood into the stove. That will drive the creature away and heat the house. I will distract him quickly. Alexander starts hopping to the other side of the room while little Timmy grabs the wood and branches and sneaks his way to the stove. Over here, you big snowflake! Alexander shouts at the creature, which turns and gallops towards him, its bony spine arched back in its sharp claws clicking on the floor. Little Timmy is halfway to the stove, but he slips, and the branches scatter across the floor with a loud noise. The creature stops in its track and turns to the small boy. It glances at the pile of wood on the floor, and then the stove. With a gritty laugh, it grabs the wood, which dissolves under its touch. It then moves closer to Timmy, who backs away as fast as he can. Alexander sprints as fast as his one leg allows and gets between the creature and Timmy. Over my dead body, the soldier says, unsheathing his sword and staring down the vile beast. The beast falls on all fours and slowly prowls towards Alexander, who stands tall, its shoulder blades bobbing up and down. It stops right in front of the soldier and looks down on him, its black eyes examining the little thing that stands between it and its prey. Alexander assumes a defensive stance. The beast goes to move over him to little Timmy, uninterested in the soldier. Alexander strikes its arm with two quick slashes and two red streaks splatter across the floor. The beast lets out an angry cry. The soldier moves back on the defensive and steadies himself. For little Timmy, be strong. For little Timmy. He whispers under his breath. The beast lets out another bone-chilling cry and stands on its feet, and when it comes back down, it strikes Alexander, throwing him to the side. His head hits the hard wall, his hat splintering into a thousand pieces, and his sword thrown way out of his reach. The last thing the soldier sees before his strength leaves him is the creature lunging towards little Timmy, who screams in fear. Alexander's eyes close, and his world fades to black. Little Timmy is now backed against the corner of the basement, clutching a box as a shield in front of him. The creature tears the box apart. Little Timmy starts crying as the creature grabs his leg. The creature smashes Timmy against some cardboard boxes. Before it can grab him again, Little Timmy opens his tearful eyes, and on the opening of the stove stands Alexander. Both his legs are broken off, half his torso is gone, and his head is cracked. Somehow he managed to climb on the stove. Below him on the floor where he crawled are wood splinters and parts of the toy soldier. You made it! Little Timmy thinks as his heart is filled with new hope. The eyes of Alexander meet with little Timmy's. 
the wood nutcracker toy soldier smiles warmly. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the cringe meme. I got lotion on my dick. I'm just stroking my dick. Is <laughs> <laughs> that what Alexander says to Timmy as Timmy's about to get eaten? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got lotion on my dick. I'm stroking my shit over here. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you not heard that before? No, I haven't. I gotta show you. I have to. Oh my god. Uh, I will take care of it, lad. I promised. With that, Alexander pushes himself into the old stove, which flares up in powerful red flames. A blinding white light shoots out in a wave of heat that follows, shakes the foundation of the whole room. First, the stalactites quickly melt off, and the snow evaporates into mist. Then the wave engulfs the creature, its white skin catching fire like old parchment. It lets out a scream of agony, flames shooting out from its body. A big hole of fire opens up in its chest as it falls to its knees. It looks at its hands as they are burned off its body, shattering and evaporating upon hitting the floor. The creature finally vaporizes into a dark smoke. Only little Timmy now stands in the basement. After he collects himself, he shakily exits the basement. The house is now warm. He walks into his mother's room. The mother is sat upwards on the bed, calmly drinking the warm milk Timmy made her earlier. Little Timmy runs to her and gives her a hug. In his warm, starlit room, little Timmy finishes writing his story. He gets up from his desk and walks towards his toy chest. He carefully places the notebook on the wooden box. With the Mouse King defeated, Jack and Eliza lived happily ever after, with Alex always watching them from above, smiling warmly, Jack's ever-loving guardian. The end. Wow. I just came. I'm over here stroking my dick. I got lotion on my dick right now. I'm just stroking my shit. I'm horny as fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best part of that is the George Floyd picture in the background. I'm horny as fuck, what, bitch. That's what Alexander dick. says is his last dick, words. I got lotion on my dick, man. I'm just stroking my shit. I'm horny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I, I, I liked that story in a, in a classical Christmas kind of way, which is, which is you know, a, a nice a nice way to end the episode. Yeah. All right. Oh, that was classic. So I, I was wrong. That was the ninth Christmas episode you know, that we there recorded. There was a moral but... lesson in there. Scary toys can be good. <laughs> it wasn't a scary toy. It was a toy soldier that was protecting him. I made him sound terrible. Yes, you, you did. did. I don't know why. <laughs> Should have been played by Danny DeVito. Scary, scary sounding people can be friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you learned today? Well, I'm hoping that other people learn that. I need friends. I got lotion in my dick. I'm over here. I'm <laughs> shit. I'm so I'm fuck, man. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, E-T-A e- e- Hoffman? Alexander Dumas.
I was trying to see if there was any significance to those names because it sounds like it sounds like the Timmy quote unquote in that story was meant to be writing the Nutcracker Suite, mm-hmm. you know, the story of the the soldier who helps uh-huh. the uh, the little kid. But yeah, no significance there other than Alexander Dumas is supposed to be Dumas. the uh, the author there. But you know, it's another Christmas episode down. Another yeah, Christ- another Christmas it tackled. Rip roaring good time. <laughs> Fucking. You you did almost piss stain my couch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not almost. <laughs> Not almost. I'm over here with some. Yo, I got lotion bro. on my dick. I'm over here stroking <laughs> my shit. I'm horny as fuck right now. <laughs> I'd I'd want nothing more from you. Is piss lube? Oof. Now that's the question you it's, all got to answer this Christmas. At Christmas, at Christmas this year, I want you to gather around the uh, the table for dinner, and I want you to ask your family to their face: Is piss lube? I would love for you to ask your mom that, Captain. I would love oh, for you to just look I ref- her dead I in refuse. the eye. I absolutely like, refuse. Hey, hey, um, hey, Mama Death. Can I use my piss as lube? Yo, I got piss on my dick. I'm over here stroking my shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm fucking pissing and coming at the same time. That's not supposed to happen. It. I think I gotta go to the doctor. Oh, shit. God, you had me laughing harder than I've laughed in a long time. Oh, I'm glad I can entertain. I'm glad. Yeah, bud. Yeah. That's why Frowns is, you know, OG. Yeah. I mean, it's funny as you're still recording. These are like words I would say after the recording because I'm such a good friend. Yeah, you know what? I, I appreciate it. And, and now it's going to be on here forever. Yeah. Alright. So we're ending out the episode, which is uh, something new that I've I've started ever since we've got patrons that actually give us money to do this show. And we have three people to thank on this episode. Uh, I want, I want Tenron, actually, no, Tenron, you're, you're going to thank, you're going to thank this person right here. Can you see that? Can you see, can you see see it? Can you see who I want you to thank? Hey, thank you, terrifying tortellini. (laughs) Her, her name, her name. Oh, Kitty, aka Taurus Phil? Yep. You're thanking, you're thanking Kitty. That's our, that's our friend, listener, crew member from New Zealand. Kitty, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, and for being a part of the crew. Honestly, I just need to get her back for a second episode. She's only done one. Um, I'm, I'm gonna thank Evan Gravino wherever you are out there. I haven't seen you in a while. I hope you are, uh, not sober and not also in a ditch somewhere. And so, hopefully uh, you're staying, uh, as the boys here like to say, hard, hot, and heavy. Yeah, wherever you are, I just I hope I hope you're um, I hope you're enjoying your Christmas season with your terrible family. Nice. Anyway, um, uh, and then I want I want Frowns to thank this this new this new guy that uh, also is 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 backing us because um, he he referred to. Um, he referred to frowns as chaos incarnate. Oh, <laughs> fucking sick! Thanks. I want to thank Trevor or Trevor. 
<laughs> what the fuck does that say? It says Trevor Tre the Werefishy. Trevor the Werefishy. You're <laughs> Trevor. The, the fucking tits. And going forward, you will now be known to me as Trevor the Werefishy. We're fishies. We're for sure. We're for sure. Uh, I'm going to say these names again because we failed at saying them no! correctly the first time. That's uh, Kitty, Kitty, a.k.a. Taurus Filth, Evan Gravino, and Trevor the Werefishy. Uh, th thank you all so much for being Patreon members. Consider this uh, another thank you uh, for this holiday season. Uh, you all are we, super hot and sexy. Thank we you. Uh, we wouldn't thank be... You. We wouldn't be, uh... Thank you. I just want to thank you. God I just want to fuck. I do want to thank you guys. I really hope that you guys got some lotion on your dick. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> right now! Honest, right now! Honestly, Evan Gravino might be. You don't, you don't know. One hand on the left nip, and the other hand stroking it. <laughs> oh. I mean, my phone number's out there. You can leave me a voicemail. Yo, I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> And for um, nine ninety nine a month, there you, you can have frowns recording whatever you want for you there for your goes. masturbation pleasure. Wait, there you go. There man. was something that I I, I wanted to suggest. Okay. Can we at some point in future episodes do Mad Libs? We we have on other episodes already, but I've, yes, we can. I'd like to do Mad Libs at some point. That's fair. That would be cool. I think that'd be funny. That's fair. I could I could horrifying. Maybe they're scary Mad Libs. We could come. We we could look for scary and mad libs. Yeah, that could be a thing. Yeah, that that you and I can do. Maybe I. Oh yeah, that's fine. I'll see myself out. <laughs> it's it's something that you and I can do in the state that we reside in together next to one another. Yeah, you know, you know, we'll it's call great. you and and the both of us will hey, be fuck saying, face, give well, me a down. You know, I'm I'm over here taking the fucking Amtrak to all, to, to all of our Patreons to offer fellatio no, to get them to keep saying. <laughs> exactly. You could have been like, yeah, I'm up in Boston with lotion on my dick. Fucking horny as fuck, bricked up, man. All right, frowns. Pissing on the floor. Frowns, anything you want to say to end this episode? I just... <laughs> no, not that. No, You're not saying that no, again. No. I got something. I, I can finish the Christmas All right, episode off. Okay, okay. I'll let him finish the episode. I, I, I sincerely want you... You haven't been on an episode in a while. Do you have anything to say before the episode ends? Rub-a-dub-dum. Thanks for the grub. Yay. God. Great. Uh, I hope everyone had a nice Christmas, sincerely. Um, the last episode this season is coming out next week. It's the New Year's episode. It's a it's a good one, guys. It's a, it's a milestone. It's an interview with someone who writes stories that we've read. And it's the first time I've done something like that. So I hope everyone is prepared. Um, he, he was a hell of a guy. He, he, he really had a good time with Cannibal and I, um, because Cannibal and I read his stories most of the time. He wrote something specifically for the episode that isn't even published yet just for us. So we read it live Ooh. and we give him our live reaction and he takes it and we all talk about it together and it was fucking great. So that's how I'm going to end this season with t episode 250. We're going to come back in hard, hot and heavy like Frown's nose for 251 when the show picks back up in April. 
in April, uh, we're going to start the uh, the season off with something, another thing that's brand new that we've never done on the show before. So I hope people are excited for the next stuff that's coming in the future. But while the show is like on break for this winter, um, I will be putting out what? Dead Space 3 on the YouTube. And if, if. I have time. Yes. If I have time, I will also put out my recording of Last of Us that I did with Frowns McBoohoo last year. So I am definitely putting out Dead Space 3 to finish off the Dead Space series with me and Mr. Skellybones because 2 literally just ended right around Thanksgiving. And 3, I want to be, because it's snow-based... I want it to come out in the winter, so that's going to be perfect. And if I have time, if we have enough weeks going towards April, I will also post The Last of Us uh, that I started with Frowns. And so, that, and that, guys, listen, that right there... It's some good shit. It's going to get you laid. You <laughs> put that on in the background. You put that on in the background... You're not going to need to stroke your own dick. You're going to be using someone else's mouth to do that for you. You're going to be using someone else's tears. That's right. <laughs> and maybe teeth if you're into it. Oh, nice. And then I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and let Tenron Otrin close out the episode. It's just music. You can put music over this, seriously. Oh, come in my asshole. Come inside my asshole, oh come in my asshole, Christ the Lord. That was beautiful. Come in my asshole, 999, and I'll wash your car. Await to the days end. Land until we stand at the shore.